The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Matthew Barksdale. He's the president of Engage Mobile Solutions, which is a company that builds mobile apps and software. And importantly, they help their customers understand and develop mobile plans that will move their businesses forward. Engage Mobile, we're very proud to say, is one of our recent 25 Under 25 award winners. And Engage Mobile's CEO was one of the first people in the country to test Google Glass. You know, those computerized glasses that can record images, translate languages, and do a whole bunch of other really cool stuff right on its lenses. Well, they were one of the first companies to be able to do, or actually the CEO is one of the first people to do that. And because of that, Matthew's going to be telling us about some really interesting applications right here in Kansas City that they've been able to do, partner up with a couple of pretty high-profile organizations locally, and he's going to talk about that. So welcome to the show today, Matthew. Great to be here. Thanks. Yes, okay, we have to talk about Google Glass first. How did your company, how did Engage Mobile get the opportunity to test them? What went into that? Yes, yeah, so uh, my business partner, Darren Clawson, has deep healthcare experience, and he basically went to Google with some, um, for lack of a better word, ideas regarding how to best use that technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was selected um, as one of the initial people to get the glass and start testing Google Glass. So it really came out of Darren's healthcare background and uh, you know his deep experience within mobile, and the feeling that he would be able to use that technology to uh, you know potentially leverage it into something interesting. Okay, so what Google was doing once they moved it out of their company's testing phase, they wanted to get it in the hands of others who could possibly help them figure out other applications for it. Yes, yeah, so they wanted to get it in influential people's hands. Um, mm-hmm. That's not only going to do interesting things with it but also to be able to to think of new ways to leverage that technology or just to get some exposure for it because it is still a beta product. Yes, and it, what are they talking about in terms of a release date? Maybe later in 2014 or has it been pushed out to 2015? Yes, yeah, so they're pretty tight-lipped, but it, we're pretty sure it's going to be later this year. And I think okay. the, the bigger issue is what's going to be the price point. So oh, are they going to be yeah. able to get the price point down in order to get you know more market penetration? Sure. So tell me about Google Glass itself. For people who are unfamiliar with it, I, I mentioned that it does a lot of cool things right on the lenses, but if, if a person were wearing a pair of these, first of all, what did they look like and feel like? And then what are some of the things that, say, an average user, not somebody that is in healthcare necessarily, but an average user would experience with them? Yeah, I think the easiest way to look at Google Glass, it is another way to access information. Mm-hmm. where right now when you're holding your mobile phone, that's the screen you're looking at. When you're using right. Google Glass, it's basically the equivalent of having a you know, 36-inch monitor right up above your, your right eye that you mm-hmm. can look up and access that information. So just like you can access information on the Internet, go to Internet pages, get directions, do text messages, 
do conference calls, do video calls, just like you did on your phone, you could do that within Glass. Okay, and how do you how do you look that information up? What are do you use voice commands? Is there something on the side of the uh, glasses along the arm of it that you press? How do you do that? Yeah, so everything is through voice command in terms okay. of uh, the detailed information. There are swipes left to right and down that allows you to get to different screens and access different information. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, voices, it, it, it fantastic voice recognition, and that's really how you access information. All right. So why was it important for Engage Mobile, for, for your partner, to be able to be one of those beta testers? And in terms of Engage Mobile's future, why was it so important that you be among that group of early testers? Yeah, we've been involved in mobile since the very beginning. Uh, Darren Clawson did all of uh, Cerner's initial mobile development in, you know, 2000, 2001. So, you know, six or seven years before the iPhone came out, we were doing things, our people were doing things related to mobile. Um, so we've really been on that cutting edge of mobile since before there was mobile as we know it. And essentially, uh this wearable technology, whether it be Google Glass or, or there's all kinds of different wearable technology coming out, it is the next phase of this mobile technology, and it's just mm-hmm. very important for Engage Mobile to be on the cutting edge of that so we can then bring practical applications to our clients in order to leverage that technology to drive their businesses forward. Let's talk about some of those applications. Where do you see wearable technology, but particularly Google Glass, where do you see it having the biggest impact? A lot, and, and let, me, let me put that in context. A lot of the technology uh, advances, one of the complaints I hear is that the people, who are the, the people who are out there developing applications around it or commercializing it aren't using it for everything it really could be used for in order to move people forward, really, to solve problems. It's being used for silly things, for lack of a better uh, way to put it. So how do you see Google Glass in particular being used to really change the human experience, I guess, is the question. I think the key to look at this is that the current phase of wearable technology, it's essentially like the bag phone of the mobile phone era. So if you think back to when mobile phones first came out, they were bag phones, big, bulky, really expensive, really expensive to use, didn't do a whole lot. But for very specific business applications, salespeople on the road, important calls, need to get a hold of people, critically important. So for very specific business applications, that bag phone revolutionized different industries. And then as the technology changed, more and more industries were able to take advantage of that mobile technology to where to get to today where we have, you know, iPhones and Android devices that you can do everything with. And I think Google Glass and the, this current wave of wearable technology, it is that very basic bag phone. It is clumsy. It, it is hard to use. It, it is not intuitive. I mean, it's okay, but it is not going to be this mass market device yet. But you've got to think of it as the beginning. It is the baby step. And you've got to think about what this technology is going to do three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, and that's really where it gets exciting. What are your thoughts on on what that technology might look like and how we might be using it? Well, I think you've got to think that it's going to get smaller. It's got to get Mm -hmm. get faster. It's going to get cheaper, which is exciting and scary all at the same time. So there's all these privacy concerns about glass. Um, 
and though we had those same privacy concerns when you first got mobile devices that had cameras. So th that, that doesn't go away. But imagine if you couldn't tell if someone had a regular pair of glasses on or if they were recording your conversation or taking pictures. That, that in the future is where it gets a little scary, but I think we'll work through that as we move forward. For us, the, for lack of a better word, the, the exciting applications that we're seeing that you can use Glass for now is the ability for someone to look at a, a problem from states away or across the country. So imagine that a technician is looking at a piece of equipment, but the mm -hmm. expert, the creator of that piece of equipment uh, is in Germany. So what they're able to do, we can do this today, and we've done things like this, is wirelessly you are able to see what the technician is seeing at the, at the plant, and the person that designed the equipment can actually look at what they're looking at and talk them through what to do. And that, 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 that is, an, yeah, and you can do the same thing if you think of surgery. So right now, if you're in a surgery and if you've got some issue that you want to talk to someone about, you literally have to scrub out, go through that whole process, scrub back in, where with this type of technology, you can literally bring someone into the room with you with them being in another state or another part of the world. You could have another specialist, somebody Absolutely. that perhaps developed the, the uh, procedure that you're performing even. Yep. Uh, that is, that's just amazing, absolutely amazing. Let's bring it home a little bit. You recently worked with the Kansas City Symphony mm -hmm. on a project involving Google Glass. Tell us about that. Yes, yeah, so we contacted the symphony because we thought, so first of all, we have four pair of glass that we're doing a lot of interesting things with. Um, so we're all wearing them on a pretty regular basis um, and all experimenting with them, or, you know, several members of our team. So basically what we wanted to do was provide the inside view of what it's really like to be inside of a symphony. Um, lots of times you see cameras from the outside and recording musicians playing, but we wanted to see what it's like to sit there, and if you're the violinist, what's it like to be right there with your fingers in the, in the bow and, 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 and striking the bow, and when you're the bass player, what that's like, um, and the conductor to be standing there. So what we did is we put four pair of glass on four four members of the Kansas City Symphony, uh, Michael Stern, the conductor, the violinist, the bass player, and the French horn player. And essentially, you were able to see each of those views as they play, you know, the epic Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. So you hear that da-da-da-da, and you're basically able to see all those different views. And not only, yeah. the, sorry, not only the different views, but you can hear different things depending on where you are. So it's just really fascinating to get that inside view. Right, and and I was going to say that first of all, you made musical history. I, I think that was the first time that's ever been done with a symphony, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's never been done with four pair recording four unique views uh, within a world class symphony like that. So yeah, it was pretty exciting. What you mentioned that I found fascinating when I viewed the video was we're used to hearing it, Beethoven's Fifth played you know, with everybody all together, all the pieces together. But with the way you were able to do it, you could hear the different pieces. And it was a little disconcerting at times because you could hear the individual instruments being played in, in such isolation. But it was fascinating all at the same time. Yeah, the symphony was actually, there was a long discussion about do we release that in that fashion mm -hmm. because you were hearing something that is not what you're used to hearing. Um, yeah. It's raw. And we basically decided to release it because it's this unique view. Um, and, you know, other examples, we're working with, you know, 
real estate companies that essentially where you can look at a wall and you can see what's behind that wall in terms of, of the piping and electrical and that type of thing um, virtually. So pulling other information in. So there's just all kinds of different applications. And I give a small example. I was supposed to give the keynote address last night at a, at a conference and uh, I had a family emergency. I was not able to attend. So we had one of our key members give that presentation, but I did the introduction with him essentially through glass. So they put me up on the screen, but I could see what he was seeing via his Google Glass. So I did the introduction, interacted with the audience. I could see them, and they could mm -hmm. see me up on the screen, but I was essentially as if I were there, and we were doing that all wirelessly through Google Glass while we were you know, traveling at 80 miles an hour, oh, sorry, 55 miles an hour <laughs> down, uh, down the I wasn't driving, by the way, just to be yeah. clear. I mean, the way you describe it, and maybe I'm oversimplifying this, but it almost sounds like FaceTime on steroids. In the most basic application of it, yes. It's really you get to get an inside perspective of what people are seeing. And that's really just scratching the surface of that technology at this stage. Matthew, I want you to hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor, Benedictine College, and then we'll be back to find out some of the other projects that Matthew and his team at Engage Mobile are working on with regard to Google Glass. It's true, who you know is important, but what you know and how you apply that knowledge is what helps accelerate your career. Benedictine College's Executive MBA program is the only one-year Executive MBA program in Kansas City. The North Johnson County campus and weekend class times are convenient and allow you to learn from world-class thought leaders and collaborate with other executives who intend to make a difference in their business and their community. Go to benedictine.edu slash EMBA. Are you looking for that perfect diet, that magic pill, that one big thing you can do that finally makes you lose weight, heals your body, or will make you feel better? The thing is, it just doesn't work that way. Instead, it is the small changes that stick and ultimately compound to create big shifts in our holistic well-being. Simple and consistent action is what carves canyons out of rock and helps the tortoise win the race. The same is true for creating and maintaining healthy habits and holistic well-being, mind, body, and spirit. Tune in to Small Changes, Big Shifts to hear Dr. Michelle Robin and her guests share wisdom, knowledge, real-life stories, and practical tips to inspire and inform you as you move forward on your wellness journey. Every Tuesday afternoon, 1 o'clock Central Time, on Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here today with Matthew Barksdale. He is the president of Engage Mobile, which is a company that was one of the early testers, one of the beta testers of Google Glass. And we were talking about some of the different projects that they've been involved in uh, recently with the Kansas City Symphony. But Matthew, I believe you've got another one coming up in just a couple of weeks with the Kansas City Zoo. Yeah, so uh, last month we worked with the Kansas City Zoo and the Hellsburg Penguin Plaza to once again provide this inside view um, of what it's like to do something that you kind of imagine. And in this case, it is to what's it like to be, you know, a, a penguin zookeeper. So basically, we worked with the zoo behind the scenes uh, from the beginning of the day to the end of their day. And there's going to be a mini documentary of, 
you know, a day in the life with the Penguins uh, at the Hellsburg Penguin Plaza. So we were literally back behind the glass recording um, their day and how they interact with the Penguins. It was it was it was fascinating. Yeah. Any any surprises? Um, the job is not as glamorous as you might think. <laughs> um, there's a lot of of uh, a scrubbing, and the the Penguins create a lot of waste. Um, <laughs> So there's a lot of, before the zoo opened, there's a lot of non-glamorous work, um, but the people were fantastic, and they, they, they love their job, they love the animals, and the, the, the Penguin Plaza and the zoo itself takes tremendous pride in terms of not only how they treat the animals, but also this whole message of conservation um, and kind of passing it on to the next generation. And that's the whole point of the mini-documentary is is to show um, the care and love that goes into to, to caring for these animals, but then more importantly, the importance of, of teaching kids the importance of conservation and, and, and treating animals with, with respect. Yeah, very important message. So many kids these days, other than maybe a cat or a dog, they really don't have the opportunity to be around animals or wildlife, and so, so very important service that you're performing there. Let's talk about Engage Mobile. There are a lot of companies out there and have been for a while now that are creating apps, that are creating uh, mobile platforms. You, all of your information and you and your partners, you, you always talk about how Engage Mobile is different. Why is that? Yeah, so at our core, I mean, we're business people. Um, we're focused on business results. So what we're... I mean, the fact that you can do something in mobile is not all that exciting to us anymore. We've done it long enough, have seen enough, have done enough. Our whole focus now is looking at specific business problems and helping companies figure out how to leverage mobile to solve their specific business problems. And a lot of time that's increasing internal efficiency. A lot of times it's driving sales. A lot of times it's mitigating some risk factor. But, but, but we're business people focused on business results and the tool and the technology we happen to use is mobile. Okay. Whereas, you know, a decade ago, it may have been your laptop technology that, you know, you could take a laptop with you to a sales meeting and, and give a presentation, and, and it's matured, and now, now we have Google Glass. Uh, so there's all kinds of different ways that you can take problems and, and really take mobile to the next level to solve those problems. Is mobile technology for everybody, for every business? That's another question I hear a lot. Yeah, I, I think we need to look at mobile as this is like, you know, the second inning of a nine-inning baseball game. We are literally at the very beginning, and there is without question mobile is going to impact every business and every industry. And the issue is you can either be proactive in that process and take advantage of it now, or you can wait um, and kind of see what happens. Mm -hmm. But literally most of what we're seeing now are companies that have internal processes that were not designed you know, on paper or on laptops or whatever, but by leveraging mobile, they can do it better, faster, easier access to information, allow them to make decisions faster. And literally we've got you know, dozens and dozens of examples of, of how companies leverage mobile that drives their bottom line. And that's, that's really all we care about. Right. And I, I think one of the things, as, as I have gotten to know your company, that uh, I, I think a lot of other businesses could appreciate, too, is that you're not doing this in isolation. A lot of times uh, a service provider will come in and they will create a tool or they'll create some sort of a process 
that works for that particular thing, but it doesn't integrate at all with anything else that's going on in the business, and you're really just working in isolation on that one particular issue. But you make sure that you really learn their business, and you find out what the processes are and how everything integrates and then build a, a solution using mobile, a mobile solution to take care of all that. Yeah, I mean, we have deep, deep back-end experience. So almost everything we do interfaces with existing systems. And mobile is really just the portal into that system, allowing to access information, write information back and forth. But it really allows companies to, to make their business processes better, faster, more efficient. Mm-hmm. So how did you get into this, Matthew? You when I was I didn't even read it all for your introduction because you have had your finger in so many different industries. Uh, you you've just um, in just about a decade's time you've done a lot more than some people do in a lifetime. Seriously. So so how did you get into mobile? What was the path that led you here? Yeah, kind of the dawn of the internet. I headed up a, a basically Chicago-based small venture capital firm internal of a company. So we got to see, you know, at the height of the dot-com in late 99, early 2000, we were literally looking at, you know, a dozen business plans a week in six Mm -hmm. or seven different vertical markets. So early on, we were seeing a lot of different business models, what was working, what wasn't. And that really transitioned into more of of digital strategy and and internet strategy. Um, So that that was really a passion for, for a long time. Um, and, and since then, I've got to do some things, you know, everything from, you know, creating some uh, documentary movies and traveling the world with uh, Ferrari and, and doing a lot of lead generation and marketing with Ferrari um, to more traditional, uh, you know, ad agency type work. And basically right. all that comes together, um, you know, when I met Darren, who founded the company, Darren Clawson, um, you know, we've just been growing engaged now, and, you know, we... We tripled in sales two years ago. We quadrupled last year, and we're going to, you know, double or triple again this year. So Phenomenal. it's been some fantastic growth, but it all comes back to the only reason we're growing is because we're solving our customers' problems. So we're doing that in a cost-effective way that's providing positive ROI for them. Right. So one of the things that I read about you, you actually came from a family business, a family manufacturing business. So did you grow up in a family of entrepreneurs? Did that have any impact on, did you ever think that you were not going to run your own business eventually? I guess is the question I'm asking. Yeah, so out of uh, undergrad, I, uh, so I went to Wharton undergrad, and then I spent 10 years in a family business. Um, and that was also a thing that, you know, when you're six years old, you're going in on Saturdays and working 12-hour days. Oh, yeah. Not not working, if that's not right. It was the one time of the week that you got to hang out with your dad uh, <laughs> during I – mean, at times, that's how it was. So mm-hmm. you got that uh, work ethic. Um, it's just kind of what you do. Um, but, but, yeah, there's this whole issue of how do you add value and, and how do you solve clients' problems, that type of thing. And I've always – whether it's been external or internally, been an entrepreneur, um, just a lot of, you know, for five or six years, it was working for others building companies. Mm-hmm. And so the family business that you were in, for a while you were working in it and you grew it exponentially there too. I think in just a matter of a short time, you grew it from, uh, what, around $4 million to $14 million in annual revenues? Yeah, and then we sold that in 99. So yeah, it was a great run. And, you know, when you're, you know, 20 through, you know, 26, 27 years old, there's just a lot of learning that goes into that. Everything from, you know, cash flow to dealing with employees to vendors to payables. It's just, uh, 
it was definitely a, an education by fire, um, and you just you kind of you get tough, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but obviously it was an experience that has paid off well because it put you in a position to understand you know, years later now, what your clients are experiencing, and it helps you understand that and create solutions for them that, that are going to help them grow to that next level. So, so great experience doing that. Matthew, what do you see, where do you see Engage Mobile going next? I, I know that this is exploding, wearable tech is exploding, mobile is exploding, but is there a specific uh, area of that where you see Engage Mobile heading? Yeah, at this stage, we have not focused on specific industries. Our focus is finding companies that really want to drive their company through technology and then helping them achieve that goal. So so we are really focused on companies that want to grow and that that want to leverage technology to make that growth happen, and we basically partner with them to, to achieve that. So essentially, it's not about building an app. It's all about... How do you work with a company long-term to help them achieve their strategic goals? I think the key thing is that you can't stop it. It's coming. So the key is how do you get in front of it? How do you, from a business perspective, leverage that to your advantage? And then just from a personal standpoint, you can't hide in the corner from it. I have a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old, and... 15 years ago, you never gave out any information on the Internet and every, no, don't let anybody know who you are and all that. Right. And the concept of privacy is no such thing. And it's this trade-off that we all make every day. I mean, you don't have to tell Google anything. You can use somebody else. But the bottom line is if you want access to all the cool tools for free, you right. got to give them and they, they data mine and they know everything about you. That's not good or bad. It just is. Right. There's so much out there, and it's so hard for business owners to understand it all. It's not important to be able to understand how it works. For business people and and that type of thing, they need to understand what they kind of want to do. And then it's people like us that literally live it 20 hours a day and read about it or on the cutting edge Mm -hmm. can help create that future. Because I assure you... I mean, I read and see so much more than someone that's not living it every single day. So I know what's being done and how it's being done and why it's being done, and that's what's cool is because then when we meet with a client, we can talk about what's possible. And any company that is not leveraging technology right now to grow, I I just don't think they're going to be around much longer anyway because in that sense, we're all technology companies. Uh, no matter what it is that we're doing. We all use technology to get where we need to go. So, Matthew, thank you for being with us today. And if anybody would like to find out more about Engage Mobile or perhaps carry on this conversation with you a little bit further, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, so by far the best way to reach us is our website, engagemobile.com, E-N-G-A-G-E, mobile.com. And that has all of our contact information and client testimonials, videos, all kinds of fun stuff. But, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is – we're some Midwest guys that have some worldwide experience, and uh, we work hard and do a great job for our clients. 
sounds like you're having a lot of fun in the process, too. No, no question about it. Congratulations on all your success. And that website that he mentioned, EngageMobile.com, it has the videos of the Symphony uh, Project on it. Go out and check that out, if nothing else. It's pretty fascinating. Thank you again, Matthew. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Twitter at ithinkbigger or like our Facebook page, Thinking Bigger Business Media. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.